Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. This is ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. We have a really great show for you today, and we are going to be talking all about machine control. But first, we want to remind you to subscribe to our 365 e-newsletter. This can really help you stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting construction. You can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. There's a lot of great information up there, so I really encourage you to take a look and subscribe today. So on today's show, we're going to be looking at how machine control is impacting construction. Construction job sites are humming with numerous different pieces of heavy machinery. The use of machine control can help accurately position machinery based on design models and even GPS systems. This helps direct behavior on the job site, and we see the use of this technology is actually continuing to grow due to a number of trends, and this includes the need for greater efficiency and even accuracy in the work field itself. So, and this is exactly what we're going to address here today on this podcast. As always, we have a great guest that is going to join us for this discussion. So please join me in welcoming Murray Lodge, the Senior Vice President for Construction at TopCon. Murray, welcome to the show. Well, Becky, thank you for having me on. Well, Murray, it's exciting because there's so much happening in machine control technology today. In fact, if I look at the numbers, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Technavio says the global wireless mobile machine control market is set to grow at a compound annual growth rate of more than 9% during the forecast period of their latest report. And the construction segment dominated the market with close to 37% of the market share in 2016. Now, I suspect as a company like yourself at TopCon, you've got to be pretty excited about that and have great hopes for what we see here in 2018. You're exactly right, Peggy. You've uh, painted a rosy picture for TopCon. Uh, you know, the industry as a whole has been slow to change. For as large as the construction industry is, they've been willing to use the same practices that has lowered the productivity in our industry. And we're now reaching that point where customers say, I, I need to figure out a way to do things differently. I need a way to stay competitive and to be more profitable. And machine control is a technology they can invest in that doesn't make a few percentage point difference in their productivity. It actually can make double digits anywhere 20 to 30 to 50% or more, depending upon the application. So the return on the investment is tremendous. So looking at that, when you say something like looking at ROI between 20 to 50% is significant. And so I would assume when you're making a statement like that, that some of the key factors of that have to be looking at reducing operating costs or they're looking to improve overall job efficiency. I mean, there has to be some really key factors responsible for how machine control is actually contributing to that, right? I mean, those are the things you have to be talking about. Yes. It's more than just how fast the machine can move. Uh, if, when you look at it on a job site, it's how do I control the materials more efficiently as well? 
So instead of going in and saying, oh, I'm going to excavate or take this material out of here and move it to one spot, and then I go ahead and get this first phase, and then I go ready to do phase two, and I have to move that same material again, it's all about analyzing the beginning and looking at it as how do I move that material once? Because contractors don't get paid to move it twice. So how do I move that material quickly, and how do I move it to the right place the first time is a way to save a lot of time and money for our customers. So that's an exciting point, because if you're saying we want to eliminate all of that extra rework, so to speak, so you're getting higher efficiency overall, you're reducing that rework, you're getting greater efficiency overall, but are there other things that we're doing? We're reducing operating costs, fuel efficiency, maintenance, repair. I mean, is it everything? Are we bundling this giant package that says we're getting machine productivity, we're getting efficiencies in a lot of areas that they never thought because now they're able to see things by looking at the analytics that before they never looked at before? Peggy, that's true. If you go back early on in machine control, you go way back in the Stone Ages when I started 30 years ago, it was all about finished grading. That was the hardest piece that people, that our contractors could actually get to. The tolerances were tighter and the skill set was much higher. So machine control grew over a 20-year period, but it's not until 3D came along where you really started to see the adoption increase. And what the difference was when you went to 3D You didn't have to have a physical reference to follow to see where you were. What 3D allowed was an operator could be anywhere on the job site, whether he was just getting out there and he's going to do clearing and grubbing, whether he's rough grading, but anywhere he was on the site, he knew exactly where the blade, the cutting edge, or the teeth on the buck of an excavator were compared to where the finished design was supposed to be. And so you now, as an operator, were no longer guessing or waiting for somebody to come out and check grade and tell you where you were, you knew where you were all the time. And so now instead of spending time making multiple passes and maybe more than you needed to, that operator now was actually able to go out to where he needed to get the work done and do it in a shorter amount of time. So then if every machine was able to do that, you've got less wear and tear on the machine. As you said, you're using less fuel. You've got less labor costs, all those things add up together by using that machine in the right application in the shortest amount of time required. So when I hear you talk, what comes to mind besides Fred Flintstone shows you, uh, you and I are in the same generation right there when you said the Stone Ages, but you, you kind of remind me of saying that you're talking about these quick 3D scanning has replaced hours of that cross-section measurement. So to me, you're talking about the product that you've introduced is the smooth ride system. Is that what you're really bringing to market? Is that unique product that makes projects, I think, safe and easy and more more efficient? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, smooth ride would be one of those. I mean, you can look at in different segments or different phases of a project. So you've got the whole Earthwork piece, and whether that is for mass X, whether that is for utilities, uh, the smooth ride piece, it ties into the paving. And it's more on the reconstruction side of the business. And so what I think customers, contractors are looking for today is really not how do I solve an individual problem. It's how do I provide a overall solution that handles 
the day-to-day problems, multiple day-to-day problems on a job site to make them more efficient all the way across the board. And so those there's different solutions for different applications, and SmoothRide is one that goes targeted towards the paving side of the business. So help me understand this slogan that you have, which I think is really impressive because in the infrastructure world right now, we've been talking about there's a lot to be done. We have a failing infrastructure in this country, but you talk about this intersection of infrastructure and technology. What is meant by that by Topcom? Where do you see that vision in helping construction really go to this next level This in 2018? As you said, Peggy, that we're at a point right now where we've got infrastructure demands that are at all-time high, and unfortunately, there's not enough funding for it, whether it's in North America, whether that's in Europe, whether it's in China. It doesn't make any difference. There's more projects that need to be completed than there is money. There's funding to do that. And it's actually only going to get worse with the increase in population over the next 20 to 30 years. And so what we have to do is figure out what is the best way to change the way we're doing things today to be more efficient. So in other words, if we only have X number of dollars to get a project done, how do I change my practice to do it more efficiently? Because the way we're doing it is actually very antiquated compared to other industries. The construction industry is the least automated. And so for us to go off and say, take this uh, this amount of money and actually get the work done, we have to start investing in technology to change our practices. And you see not only customers, but you see governments realizing the same thing. Uh, for instance, in Japan, they realize that there's no way with the funding they have, they can actually continue the, to meet the infrastructure needs. They are requiring contractors to invest in technology to adapt new practices to meet those infrastructure needs. So by 2020, 100% of the projects in Japan have to adopt new technology. That's the only way that it's gonna, we're going to be able to fulfill the infrastructure requirements in the future. So are we really talking about then we have this rising demand for precision? enhanced productivity that you just described, and the need to kind of eliminate this bulky earthworks from the construction site. But then when I hear you talk, it sounds like we're being hindered by these high initial investments that we don't have the money that's there. We have a dependency on machine control systems that are are still antiquated that you described. And I think then the other thing that we haven't mentioned, which I'd love for you to talk about, is we have a lack of skilled workers to help us get to where we need to be. So we've we've got a lot of things holding back the construction industry, but yet now we have the technology that can get us to that next level that you say we need to be like what Japan is talking about by 2020. Yes, and so you look at, yeah, multiple different avenues there for the to help the market. The operators... Finding skilled operators is extremely difficult. Those that have had years and years of experience are retiring. And the younger generation that's coming in, a lot of them don't look at construction as a enticing industry to get into. You know, it's considered you know, dirty or low-skilled. But what we need to do is do a, a better job of educating of 
all the things that are happening is in construction. If you look at Topcon, we are a technology industry. We're in the construction field, and we're high-tech. We're using satellites and robotic total stations and these things to actually control equipment on a job site. So we do need to get more people into it so that we've got a skilled workforce and enough people to operate the equipment. So that is yet one key piece. The other is when we look at a job site, how do we make it run more efficiently? That's where we can have a tremendous impact on the productivity and the efficiency of a job. If you look out today, somebody will go off and say, I want to build this project. And so they create a design. Well, to begin with, they got to get the, what the existing ground looks like. So somebody goes off and surveys that existing ground, and that file comes back into the engineer is going to create the design. He's got to turn that from a 2D into a 3D model to create his building or to create his civil project or whatever else it is. From there, he takes that 3D model and converts it back to 2D to give it to the surveyor to go off and do his staking or to give it to the contractor to build the project. So the con- and then if the contractor says, I'm going to use machine control, then he takes that file and he converts it from 2D back to 3D so he can put it into his machines. And then when they're working out in the field, if all of a sudden there's problems they run into, change orders need to be had, data is collected in the field and it goes back to the engineer, the design engineer, and they've got to then, from their side, convert it from 2D back to 3D. And so you can see what's happening here is you've got all these phases, whether I'm surveying, whether I'm designing a project, I'm staking it out, I'm actually building the project, each one of them almost becomes a, its individual little silo. And what happens is the data is not flowing smoothly from one phase to the next. There's a lot of manual manipulation of this data, which allows, one, opportunities for error, but two, just delays the project from being completed much more quickly. So it's a combination that we can do a lot of things to make the machines more efficient, but if we can also make the whole job full much more smoothly, there's where we can take care of these, uh, or really reduce the cost of building a project each and every day. One of the things you talk a lot about in construction, and when we talk about the silos, it is very, you know, to have to rekey things is just doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we really should have intuitive software. We should make it interoperable. And that's an ongoing problem. And it's not exclusive to construction. We hear about it in manufacturing. We hear about it in healthcare and, and the list goes ongoing. But I think the thing that you talk about is sometimes key partnerships help. And you guys just recently announced a very interesting one. And I think you guys call it as construction engineering, uh, constructioneering, I should say, with, with Bentley. And I think that helps a little bit, but correct me if I'm wrong, is the idea is this is this digital content that you're trying to do. Does that help streamline a little bit in this idea of a sustainable infrastructure where you can have reality capture and survey content digitally? Is that at least a step in the right direction? I know we're not all the way that we want to get there to, to make the whole industry more intuitive, but are we doing that in some ways by having some really good partners when we want to look at digital content? You're absolutely correct. In reality, if you look at all that's entailed from the beginning of a project, from the actual planning all the way through the completion of it and the maintenance of that 
asset or that project over its entire life, there's really nobody that has the capability to do all that. And we realize that at TopCon. To sit there and say that we expect someone to use our platform all the way through is not reasonable because there are so many people that are out there today that are using software. They're using Bentley, to the DOTs, to design that road. Okay? Or they're using an Autodesk to design uh, with AutoCAD a, a building or a project. And so what we do is we're really good in certain areas. And what we feel is we take our expertise and we want to align ourselves and partner up with the others that are the key players in the industry that are the best at what they do. And so with Bentley, who is very good, well-respected, and tied into that design and planning and scheduling and maintenance phase, we do. We partner up with them. We've created what you said is called constructioneering. It's all about how do we automate that workflow to educate you know, the civil industry on how to minimize the time and cost to build new infrastructure. So we're very pleased with what we're doing with Bentley, and we believe this can have, it'll take time, but the impact it can have in the industry will be tremendous. Do you think there should be more of those to have these these partnerships that help accelerate the way the industry collaborates? You know, we talk about BIM as a collaboration between contractors and subs in the way they do, and that's what BIM is designed to do. Are we seeing that in a way that you guys are as tech companies leading the charge and saying, let's invest? Because we know 2018 is going to have to be a year that we think about how we invest in technology. So are we talking about this is so very important for what you're doing with Bentley? And are there other companies that you see you're going to have to continue to make really important partnerships like that? We do. The changes that are happening this day and age occur so quickly. It used to take years for new technology to come forth. But honestly, it's no longer years, it's months. We have things now that can come out in a matter of uh, six months that can all have a dramatic impact on our business and our customers' business. And so what we're always looking to do is who can we find out there that we can partner up with to help do our job better, and but more importantly, to help meet the customer's needs. And so when you look at what's going on on a job site, as I said before, there's people that are already ingrained. The customers are already using somebody else's software. They're using somebody else's design software. They're using somebody else's back office software. And so if we can have the ability then to tie in with those different entities, and so for the customer, it becomes a seamless transition, it is only a win-win situation. And so we are always looking to say who is a good partner out there rather than saying it all has to be through TopCon. And let's talk about that. I'm just learning about your Constructioneering Academy. Talk about that. What does that entail? I mean, is, is the focus behind that? So that's a joint venture between TopCon and Bentley. And what we're doing is we're trying to educate the market on best practices, You know, whether we're going to the private sector, whether we're going to the public, to universities. We're trying to teach everyone as far as best practices to change the way that they're building projects today. And so we feel that that is an education program. And we're setting these things, these uh, construction academies up in the United States, 
in India, in the Middle East, in China, so that we can have an effect globally on projects all over the world. And I think if you think about that, if we are a construction industry as a whole, if we don't really start taking advantage of technology, I think we're risking a lot, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about here. So an academy like this that you're talking about and looking at innovative solutions are the way the industry is going to move forward or it's going to continue to lag behind, as you mentioned at the onset of our conversation, right? I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. It is, as we said in the beginning, that the construction industry is the slowest to adopt in technology, and that's why our productivity is so low compared to others. But we're at that tipping point. I think our customers, the early adopters, have gone there. And they look at, if I can continue to do it the same way, I can no longer compete. Obviously, there's still those that are still trying to catch up. But these customers today that are now looking for this change that have embraced technology, as I think I said earlier, they don't, they're not looking for someone to come in and tell them how to fix just one portion of the job. Uh, no question, machine control, bringing it in can have a big impact on the productivity of those machines. But the ones, the innovators are the ones that are looking for that whole solution to fix multiple issues that occur on the job site. And so if we as a manufacturer don't look to say, how do I solve more of those needs? Our customers are going to go somewhere else to do that. Or you get those that are trying to figure it out on their own today. The big players, the you know, companies like a, a Keywed or some of these other ones are saying, I'm going to go out there and find these technologies and try and bring them all together on their own. And so we as a company, not only our machine control capability, but with all our GPS, with all our scanning, with all our software, we have the pieces to do that, and so that's why we're doing it not only on our own, but with, as we said earlier, with the partners in the industry and I guess to bring the, these innovative ideas to the market. And, Murray, I guess the other thing that comes to mind with this, it's essential to look at all this technology because we're looking at if we want to be the best, we have to attract the best. And we're only way we're going to attract the best and retain the best workers to get these projects that are out there and get more projects is we have to look at innovation. And that's really what ultimately we're, what we have to do as an industry. Is that correct? It is. This industry is at the, they said, the tipping point where now things are taking off. Uh, the customers are uh, wanting to get into technology. You've got the OEMs are getting into the space. And so with the growth that we're going to see just in the next five years alone, there is so much opportunity for the younger generation and these people that want to get into our business. And we just have to make sure they realize that it is high tech for anybody that wants to get into this business. Well, Murray, I've really enjoyed spending time and learning so much about what TopCon is doing in machine control. Thank you so much for being with us today. Peggy, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. As you just heard, that machine control is here. And it offers great opportunities for the job site. And it's simply a matter, I think, of identifying how to leverage it. And hopefully, uh, Murray and I just gave you some great insights here today. And listeners, we want to thank you for joining us for this great conversation. But that's all the time we have for this show. So join us next time 
Con Expo Con Ag Radio is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. So stay up to date on the technologies and trends impacting the construction industry by subscribing to our 365 e-newsletter. And you can do that by visiting conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. So thank you for tuning in to Con Expo Con Ag Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers.